0: This is the Impact Church Podcast. Here at Impact, we believe a powerful word at the right time can help you overcome any challenges you are facing. Wherever you are listening or whatever you're going through, we pray this message speaks exactly to your need. Enjoy. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Welcome to Impact Church you can believe, you can belong, and you can become. And um it's a blessing to be in the midst this morning. Welcome to those of you that are streaming online as well. Take a moment and uh do a share. Invite somebody else and start a watch party. Do something to spread the good news this morning. How many y'all know there is enough bad news being spread? So whenever you have opportunity to spread good news, we're to do it. How about that? Amen. Amen. Well, there's a lot to talk about. Um (laughs) I'm gonna start with a little good news. More historic good news. It was a blessing just to see your cousins came out and voted this week. (laughs) Um and specifically just because history was made in a place, you know, um here in in Georgia, you know, we have really such a bad history with slavery and Jim Crow, and just to see the first black US senator uh, elected, that was powerful. So that is a blessing, and um, he's a friend of ours and of our ministry, and we're just gonna keep him in prayer. And and even when I say that, you know, um, and I'm talking about somebody that, that, you know, that we know, we still hold our leaders accountable, even in that, amen? So we're going to do that for everybody that's in office from the top to the bottom. There's no free passes, but we certainly celebrate uh, those that are entering into a new space and pray that God would use them to do what has not been done thus far. Well, I'm just going to dive right on into the message. If you are um, here, you could open up the Bible app, version. If you don't have it, download it from your uh, Play Store. What is that? Apple Store rather and Google Play Store. Somebody told me after church last week, after the comment I made about Pastor Mona's uh, Android, that Android phones matter. So I really want to repent for my evil ways. And and just, just be clear that Android phones matter too. Praise God. Amen. Amen. And um, yeah, thank you for forgiveness. Amen. Amen. Praise God. And. Uh, <laughs> But if you don't have the Uversion app, be sure to download it, okay? Because it's going every week we're gonna give you your outline to follow the sermon. It's right there, and the scriptures. All you have to do is go to events, and then if you're within vicinity, impact it's gonna come right up. But if you're not, then you just you just type in impact, um, Gwinnett, and you will see uh, our church, and you hit on it, and boom, there is an outline, and you can take notes with that outline. You can save them, all kind of stuff. You can share them. So how many of y'all know we're moving? very quickly into a really, really digital world. Y'all see that, right? You know, um, after this pandemic, I don't know what's gonna be left. That's not gonna be digitized in one way or another. So, so we, we're gonna keep up with where we are in the times. I want to jump in. We've been talking about resetting, and that's where we came into 2021, really just 11 days ago. And um, I don't know why I read it. That seems like such a long time ago. <laughs> But we've been talking about the idea of resetting, and um, I want to speak to you this morning about how to reset in a dark place. And um, I don't know how aware you are of of how dark it really is right now in our country. Um, I know that many of you have watched the news and you've seen some in- images and seen some things, but um, we, we talked about this outside in October, um, about some of the things that we were concerned about and we ought to be praying about And this week history was made. And, um, you may have heard on the news something that you don't hear often as they described, um, particularly Congress and some of the other places in DC, but particularly, um, the Congress that um, it was called, how many of y'all heard them say something like, a, a word that was synonymous with, but I've heard several times and read, that, it was a, that it's a sacred place. You know, how many of y'all heard that that it's a sacred place that is the seat of democracy? It is the people's house. And, um, and this week, a so-called sacred place, um, the seat of democracy became a, was desecrated actually. Um, it became a very dark place. Um, I was telling my son, I said, I don't know. I said, this is in my lifetime, once I explain to you why in a minute, in my lifetime, I don't know if there's been a, ever a darker time. I mean, the only thing I could think of is 9-11. And then I said, maybe. We became that country that we watch on the news. You know, we watched coups and things in Eastern Europe. We watched them in South America. We watched them in, in Africa. And we, this week, became that nation. That's a dark place. That's a dark place. The highest office in the land. In, in, oh, God, have mercy incited insurrection on our nation's capital with leaders inside of it. That is a place we've never been, we're in a dark place. Senators, US senators that have been elected by the people for the people to represent the people and their constituents in their diverse places where they come who are mostly lawyers that know what you don't know about the Constitution, that know what I don't know about the Constitution, that know how this all works. Intentionally led followers and constituents and folks in the wrong direction, claiming claiming fraud where there's been no evidence of widespread voter fraud. We are in a dark place. Thousands marched on the Capitol, and several hundreds got inside of the capital. And I don't know if you saw them scaling the walls and climbing through the windows and breaking through doors and taking pictures and selfies. And were freely escorted out. Now, let's just stop right quick. L- let me just, let's park that right quick. Because the truth is, if you did that on your job, you would have been escorted out in handcuffs, you would have been prosecuted, and you would have been fired. The truth is, if your child did that at school on the principal's office, they would have been escorted out in handcuffs, they would have been kicked out of school permanently, and that would have been the end of it. The truth is, no matter where you go, even particularly, I can say this because I've, I've lived half my life in both worlds. I've lived half of it in the north, half of it in the south. The north, we didn't really tend to, you know, the Second Amendment was not pushed as much. But here in the south, when I got here, I forgot which county is right above Cobb. Well, uh, I want to say it might have been Kennesaw, it wasn't a county, it was a city. When I first got here, they passed a law that it was mandatory. It may not have been Kennesaw, but it was one of them. Passed that it was mandatory that you had to have a gun. I said, where in the world have I landed? That was new for me as a northerner. But what we stand in a nation that says and stands for the rights for you to own a, 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 a weapon to defend your home. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? And that you can legally discharge that weapon to defend your home. And no one was there to ensure that the house of the people was defended. And people walked out. We're in a dark place. And then let's just keep it 100. If a black or brown person had rushed to 7-Eleven, had rushed a quick trip, we wouldn't have came out. It, we would have been blessed to come out with handcuffs. We would have been blessed to go to your jury trial. We are in a dark place. It was just 2020 when, and I got to, you know, because let me just be real clear to you all, because I know, let me just go back right quick. Some people get edgy, they don't like, you know, but let me tell you about the Jesus of the Bible, not the one that's modern, (laughs) that he had no problem dealing with. The lies of the day. He had no problem dealing with the religious people of the day. He had no pe- problem dealing with what was happening in his culture of the day. He had no problem standing up and giving voice to the poor and to those who were defenseless and to the widow and to the orphan. Jesus dealt with these things. As a matter of fact, if you're part of a church that's not dealing with this, you've got to ask yourself, what gospel are they preaching? It was just last summer just to show the double standard just last summer where people were and you can see it they were peacefully protesting in washington dc and were gassed and trampled for a photo op of the bible we're in a dark place one of the common words that came out of 2020 was disinformation I don't even know if I've heard misinformation but this word disinformation became real real prominent because it, it because of how fast technology allows things to spread you know it just becomes a people getting uninformed and being led the wrong direction there was a movie out I don't know how many years ago it was but it was called inception inception is when I say something enough that you think it's your idea and you run with it There were legitimately people now stay with me on this one that actually thought that they were doing the right thing. They actually, many of them confessed right on camera. You wouldn't, I won't, I want to imitate so bad. I'm going to do it in (laughs) a. I I was climbing through and they gassed me. Well, what was you climbing through for? It's a revolution. You can't get up there talking about a revolution and start crying. I'm like, you ain't ready. Go home. (laughs) But uh, <laughs> but people that confess like that openly, it's because they actually believed it. They weren't trying to, do, and many of them were not trying to do, some knew what they was doing. But some did not mean to do the wrong thing. They actually were led to believe it was the right thing. Because when the leader tells you something is right, even if it's wrong, you begin to think that is right. You can go down to South America. What's that man's name, the the Kool-Aid? Y'all know who I'm talking about. Jim Jones. People do the wrong thing because the leader says it's right. And when the leader calls right wrong, wrong right, people follow. We're in a dark place. Over 200 years of history of peaceful transfer of power, broken, halted this week. It will not be a footnote in the history books. It will be a note. We're in a dark place. Now, this is the part I don't think a lot of people know, and you wouldn't know it unless you studied it at all, unless, or unless you studied or you're around somebody who studies this. But this is the part that as I went back, I told you I was a history major, so I love history and, and this kind of thing and seeing how things work. And as I went back last fall and began to look at what, where we were and what could possibly go wrong, people don't realize how close we were this week to a collapse. You don't, you, you don't even realize how close it was, how, how dark it actually is, because you had, first of all, the succession of power all in the room. So if something were to happen to the president, who was next in power? The vice president. If something happens to the vice president, who's next in power? Speaker of the House. You had them both in the same room and folks are rioting and upset with the vice president. Not only was he in the room and not only was the Speaker of the House in the room, but the next vice president was sitting in the room too. But the big deal is this. It was only moments after Vice President Pence was sitting where he was sitting that somebody else was sitting in his seat, and these folks had tr- on tr- 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 uh, trending on Twitter yesterday. Hang Pence. Had they had gotten into that place just a little earlier, and had they had gotten the Vice President of the United States, guess what would not have happened that day? A vote. And guess what everyone would have left saying, "We don't know who the president is." very close. Democracy is very fragile. We're in a dark place. We're in a dark place and Christian leaders are attached to rebellion. And all of this in the middle of a pandemic. And so here's my question for you. You ready? Where is God when you're in a dark place? Where is God when you're in a dark place? Let's jump real quick to Genesis twenty-eight, ten through 19. It says this way, Now Jacob went out from Sheba and went toward Haran. So he came to a certain place and stayed there all night. Somebody shout night. Because the sun had set, then he dreamed, and behold, a ladder was set up on earth, and its top reached to heaven. And there the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. Verse 13, And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham, your father, and God of Isaac. The land on which you lie I will give to you and your descendants. Also your descendants shall be as the dust of the earth. You shall spread abroad to the west and to the east to the north and the south, and you, and in you and in your seed, all families of the earth shall be blessed. Behold, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go, and I will bring you back to this land, for I will not leave you until I have done what I have spoken to you. Then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place. And I didn't know it. And he said, and he was afraid and said, How awesome is this place. This is none other than the house of God, also called Bethel in the King James Version. And this is a gate, and this is the gate of heaven. Verse 18, Then Jacob rose early in the morning, and he called the name of that place Bethel, but the name of that city had been Luz previously. So, context, Jacob, so you have Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So, Abraham's, Grandson is Jacob. Jacob is his name means deceiver and trickster. Uh, You may recall that Jacob was the one who just who manipulated his brother out of his birthright for for basically a pot of stew. And then on top of that, he uh, got caught up in a scheme with his mom. And there was a special blessing that's given to the firstborn son, particularly of Abraham, that was going to be the patriarch of of really the family of God, the, the Israel people, all the way into the church. And he, uh, he lies and deceives his brother, and, and he, you know, he steals the blessing. Well, his brother Esau, when he finds out that, that the blessing has been given to Jacob, he's, he's mad as murder, literally. He's, he's plotting that he's going to take his brother's life. And so Jacob is now a fugitive. Jacob is now leaving home. He's leaving from Jerusalem, and he's headed out to Haran, almost a 500-mile journey and the bible says he stops in bersheba and when he gets to bersheba it's it's roughly about 10 miles from from jerusalem so it's probably a day or day, a day or second day journey on uh, on his journey to haran and the bible says that he stops there because it's nighttime and and um, and he goes to sleep there and I, I want you to understand that first of all before we see anything we recognize that jacob himself was in a very dark place because one He's dark because, one, his character proves that he's dark. He's dark because he's a, he's a thief. He's dark because he's a manipulator. He's dark because he's a trickster. He's dark because he's a betrayer. And, and Jacob runs in that darkness. That's the first thing. So he's figuratively in a dark place in his own life. Anybody with me? Then he arrives, and the Bible's real clear, the author's real clear about where he was at this time that he, that he has this encounter with God. He, the Bible says that he stops in Beersheba, and it's literally dark. It's nighttime, and, and because it was, it was night, because the sun had set, he's, he's literally in a dark place. So Jacob now is in a dark place, and it's in this dark place that Jacob sees a ladder. And the ladder is not set up, according to the text, it's not set up, from you know how we do it you know it's not that 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 it you know came from us to god but it says that essentially it's indicating that the lord has set this ladder on earth so that the ladder can reach up toward heaven in jacob's dream and in the dream The first thing that God says is he identifies who he is, but then he begins to tell him, I am the God of your father, your father's Abraham and Isaac. I am the God who gave an oath. And he begins to give the same oath that you read about in Genesis chapter 12 is now given to Jacob personally about what God was going to do in his life. So he reaffirms the covenant. Somebody say covenant. It's a spiritual agreement or an agreement between a legally a legal agreement between two people. He reaffirms the covenant blessings of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And so I want to say two things about that. Even when you make a mistake, even when you mess up, even when you fall, it does not disqualify you for what God has for you. Let me say that again. Just because you hit a dark place doesn't mean that you're disqualified. I said something last week. I said I, I wanted to go back and make sure I... Put this put this in. I mentioned last week, this is way off the subject, but I just wanted to bring this back right quick, that we cannot call abortion right. Did you hear what I just said? I'm staying that flat footed. We cannot call it right. It is wrong. However, if you have committed that sin, all you have to do is repent. How about that? There's forgiveness. God is not mad at you. I had a woman come to you one day. She said, She just kept losing her kids. Adult kids. I mean grown, like older than me kids. And she had lost Three or four of them. She just said to me, "All these years, I kept thinking God was getting back at me." I said, "That's not the God that you serve. That's not the God that you serve. Wrong interpretation of events. That's not the God that you serve. God's not going to get back at you." Amen. Because just because we fail doesn't mean that the promises of God. When let me say it this way: when we fail, God yet remains faithful. How about that? So now Jacob is in this dark place, and. And he has a personal encounter with God where he gets an opportunity to reset. Now, I told you to reset based on what just the word means and the dictionary means. To set, to adjust, or fix in a new or different way. To set, adjust, or fix in a new or different way. And the reason why a reset is so important is so that your history does not become your destiny because if you keep going the way you're going, you're going to keep going in the same direction. So sometimes God's got to reset things so you go in a different direction so you get a different outcome. And here's the part, this is the first thing I want you to notice even in the book of Genesis and in this text. The very first thing I need you to notice is that whenever darkness enters, a reset exists. Whenever darkness enters. Whenever darkness enters, a reset exists. That means that there is an opportunity to reset, to start all over, to change, to adjust, or to head in a different direction. Jacob is literally getting into this opportunity in his dark place to reset, to adjust, to change, to head in a different direction. We look at the book of Genesis, and if you've been doing the uh, Bible project in the U-Version Bible plan and uh, read the Bible in 365 days. You will have noticed that the word Genesis means beginnings, and and what you'll also notice in Genesis, there are many beginnings or resettings because when we see that in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth we see that that was the beginning but then we recognize in Genesis chapter 3 that man sinned and so God said I see that you sinned basically we got to reset this and set this in a different direction he gave them new parameters right but before they left there he also gave them with their encounter with him he gave them the ability to see a reset was coming he said for the head of the serpent he said, the, the, the seed of woman shall bruise the head of the serpent, and and that she would uh, would crush that serpent that it would bruise his heel referring to Jesus what he would do on the cross to defeat sin that was an opportunity for a reset you go to Genesis chapter 5 the Bible says that the Lord looked at the hearts of men and men's hearts were evil and their intents were evil and that brings you right to Genesis chapter 6 Noah's flood God said okay we still got it wrong so I got to give you another opportunity to reset so I'm going to send a a global flood and we're going to start this all over again and you see that in Genesis chapter six. Uh, Darkness enters, but at the same time a reset exists. Amen? Genesis chapter 11. One more time. Just to show you there's a pattern in the book of Genesis. So after all that with no one, things went The opposite direction after that, and we get to Genesis chapter 11, and men decide they want to make their name great, so they're going to build a great big tower. We call it the Tower of Babel, right? And God said, I see what you want to do and what's in your heart. It wasn't the building. It was that you want to exalt yourself above my throne or above my kingdom, and I'm going to blow on that thing. It ain't going to go nowhere but down. So Genesis chapter 12 is when when Jacob's granddaddies called. God said, okay, they want to make their name great, but I see you over here, and because you love me and because you honor me, I'm going to make your name great. And this is what Isaac and Jacob, his son, have over their lives because they're related to him. So everywhere that there is darkness, whenever darkness enters a reset exist and here's the thing about it in all those situations you didn't you may not see it when it when it's said you may not see it when there's darkness you nothing may change in that moment they may, it may have to go through a process but in despite what you see wherever there's darkness right now in your life there is a reset that exists let me say that again wherever there's darkness in your life there's a reset exists it doesn't mean that you're gonna see it right away it doesn't mean you might feel it right now but it's there So how do, I, how do I get it? Well, it's interesting because Jacob has this fresh encounter with God in a very personal way in this chapter that sets him on a journey of transformation. And in it, God gives him a vision. And God begins to tell him, it's not just, he begins to say to Jacob, it's not just I'm doing this for Abraham. And it's not just I'm doing this for your father Isaac, but your seed. You gotta notice what it's saying. It says Jacob, your seed. Somebody say your seed. He was telling me, your seed will inherit. Your seed is going to possess. Your seed will go to the north and the south and east. In other words, God made it very personal to Jacob. Because see, it's not enough for me to live on the faith of my grandmother. It's not enough for me to live on the faith of my grandfather. It's not enough for you to live on the faith of your mama or your daddy or your uncle, but it's something about when you have a personal revelation and a personal experience with God and a personal encounter with God. See, if you want a personal reset, it requires a personal revelation. There's nothing going to change in our lives until we get a personal revelation, a fresh encounter with a holy God. So God says, Jacob, your seed this is what I'm going to do for you. Isaiah says, I saw the Lord. He didn't say that she did. He, I saw the Lord. He was highly exalted, and the train of his garments filled the temple. I saw. It, it's got to be something personal, because see, a personal reset requires a personal revelation. But it's interesting that when Jacob sees in the vision, And the reason why I believe God gave Jacob this vision, ready? Because he's showing him what the reset will look like when it's done. Everything God is speaking right there doesn't exist yet. Everything God is speaking hasn't happened yet. All the promises God has given haven't even been seen yet. So what God's got to do, He's got to give us a vision for what's coming. Because when you all you see is darkness, all you feel is darkness, guess what you start to expect? Darkness. So God's gonna say, hold up. I gotta change your direction because I have a different outcome for you. So I need to adjust the direction you're heading, and this is where you're actually headed. So he gives him a vision of where he's headed and in it he gives him a ladder he gives him a ladder and it's interesting because in the ladder angels are ascending and descending and the reason for the ladder is that the ladder I I need you to catch this the ladder represents access to heaven's assets what God was saying to Jacob is I know who you are I know you're a deceiver. I know you're a trickster. I know what you've done. I know you've lied. I know you've stolen. I know exactly who you are. And yet he's saying to him, and you still have access. Oh, isn't that something the devil will try on you? Soon as you make a mistake, soon as you sin, soon as you fall, soon as something goes wrong, the first thing the devil wants to put in your head is that you no longer have access to God's help. You no longer have access to God's grace. That you are the exception that cannot be forgiven. But the devil is a liar. What God wants you to know is that when you fall, when you sin, you have an advocate through the Son to the Father that gives you access back to the Father, that you can access everything that he's promised you. You can access heaven's assets. There's a ladder that's open to an open heaven. There's an open heaven above your head that God says, I have still granted you access. You may be in a dark place right now. You may be in a shameful place right now. You may be in a confused place, but God said, I'm giving you access to my heavenly assets, whatever you need, when you need it. You've got access. And you see, three things that, that, that he's got access to. First thing he's given access to is the, to the promises. God says, I'm going to give you the land. I'm going to, The land I will give to you in verse 13. He's giving them access to the promises. The scripture, the scripture teaches me that the promises of God are yes and amen through Christ Jesus. Let me rewind that because let me explain to you how, to re, how we come to this idea that the latter means access. Let me, let, me, let me go back to what John, 1 5, John 151 says, New Testament. This is what it says. Just listen. This is Jesus speaking. He said to him, most assuredly, I say to you, hereafter, you shall see heaven open and angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. He said, you're going to see heaven what? Open. And angels in, in ascending and descending upon who? The Son of Man. The ladder is Jesus. He's the one that gives you access to the Father. He's the one that gives you access to the kingdom. He's the one that gives you access to God's promises. He's the one that gives you access to God's authority. He's the one that gives you access to God's healing. Jesus is the ladder that Jacob is seeing in his dream. Saying that there's an open heaven. When you think that heaven's been closed, and see, why is that important? Because see, when nothing else seems like it's working right now, when the law doesn't seem like it's working, I need to know i got access to heaven. When when the government don't seem like it's working, I need to know I have access to heaven. When family members don't want to act right, I need to know I have access to heaven. When my body don't want to work right, I need to know I have access to heaven. It's important when you're in a dark place that you know what you have access to. So he reminds them, the promise is still yours, Jacob. It's still yours. You got to reset, but the promise is still yours. You're still going to have the land. Your descendants are still going to have the land. It has not changed my mind. I got a covenant. Just reset. Then he says, I will keep you wherever you I'm going to keep you, he says, wherever you go, and I will not leave you until what I have done, until I, I will not leave you until I have done what I have spoken to you, I love that, because the New Testament version of that is what we say in Philippians 1:6. being confident of this very one thing, that he that has began a good work in you shall complete it until the day of Jesus Christ, God is not stepping off the job, God is not moving off the job, he's not taking a better assignment, but he's going to complete Complete the work he has begun in your life, even in a dark time. And he promises with that, that's his presence. I'm going to be with you until it's all said and done, until you see me face to face. So he promises, Jacob, gives access to Jacob to God's promises, God's presence, and God's protection. I will keep you wherever you go. That's why I like Psalm 91, he that abideth under the shadow, he that abideth under the shadow of the most high shall dwell in the, he that abideth in the secret place of the most high shall abide under the shadow. You got to know that you're in that secret place even if it's dark. You better know that even if it's dark right now, I'm abiding under the shadow of the Almighty, and I will say, "Lord, He is my strength, my Redeemer, my God. In Him will I trust, though a thousand fall, and my left hand and ten thousand on my right, I it shall not touch me." You better know it for yourself. So here's the interesting part: Jacob wakes up. He has his dream, but he, he got a new pep in his step. He got a new attitude. He got new swag. But he's in the same dark place. Here's the thing. He wakes up, nothing changed. But yet he got a new swag. He got all excited. He woke up. He said, oh, my God. Woo! The Lord is in his place, and I didn't know it. I'm, let me preach that right quick. I was going through the valley of the shadow of death and the Lord was in his place and I didn't know it. I was going through my divorce and the Lord was in this dark place and I didn't know it. I was going through surgery and the Lord was in that dark place. I didn't know it. I was going through heartache and heartbreak and the Lord was in that place. I didn't even know it. I was going through bankruptcy, but the Lord was in that place and I didn't know. It. I was going through a pandemic, but the Lord was in that place, and I didn't know. It. Surely the Lord is in this place, even in a dark place, the Lord is there. Whether you know it or not, you better become aware of his presence because that's how you access his assets. The Lord is in this place. I didn't know it. He got so excited. I don't know why he did this, you know, looking back, but He had already, I didn't put it ran the of space, but he, when he went to bed that night, the Bible says he laid his head, you know you're in bad shape when you use a pillow, when you use a rock for a pillow. I said to myself, ooh, there's no way I'm going to sleep with a rock for my pillow. I don't just have no pillow at all. But he got up that next morning, took that pillow, that rock, got some oil, and anointed it. You see how you see how it was a shit. Now, nothing changed. It was still the same dark place, still the same things. His brother's still mad at him. He's still separated from his family. Still ain't even got a wife, let alone descendants. He's still in the same place, but he anoints the pillow and says, Whoa, The Lord is in this place. I'm going to call this place Bethel, the house of God. Now, I need you to capture this. He renamed the place Bethel. Real quick, Hebrew, Bethel. Beth means house in Hebrew. El means God. So we say El Yon, God Most High. El Rohi, the God who sees me. So house of God. This is what I like about it. This week, a sacred place became a dark place. But this text shows us when we access heaven, a dark place can become a sacred place. You need to capture that right now. When we access heaven, a dark place can become a sacred place. A dark place can become a sacred place where the presence of God Comes in when things begin to shift, when things begin to change, when you can access his promises, when you can access his power, when you can access his protection, when you can access his provision, a dark place can become a sacred place. If you don't believe me, you can find it off the scripture. Eve, having lost her son from one son killing the other son is in a dark place. And God gives her another child, her third son, and his name is Seth, which means appointed place. And in that dark place, it became a place, a sacred place, an appointed place where the Bible says, and men began to call upon the name of the Lord. I want you to know a dark place can become a sacred place. You go back down through Elijah, and there's a battle going on, like there's some battling going on right now, and everybody want to know whose God's going to win and whose side you're on. And Elijah was outnumbered to the priest of Baal, and they began to say, all right, let's do a, let's do a, let's do a battle, and you set it up any way you want to. And, and they begin to call on their God, and he didn't answer, and Elijah began to call on his God, and God began to answer by fire in that dark place, a dark place the Lord's consuming fire fell and filled the altar and took down the enemies look at Queen Esther facing extermination facing the darkest time where every Jew would have been exterminated which would have meant that none of God's promises to Abraham Isaac or Jacob could ever be fulfilled they were facing extermination and she did an Esther fast what we call it today she did a three-day fast she said we're in a dark place I need God to move and then after that take me to the king I'm going to see the king if I Parents, let me perish, but I'm going to see the king. And she stood and she declared what was in her heart. And God turned the situation around, and a dark place became a sacred place right in the king's court. And you already know about Paul and Silas in the dark place, and the Bible says what? At midnight they called upon the name of the Lord, and they began to sing praises unto God. And God's angel came in and opened up. The prison gates. a dark place, can become a sacred place. When you access heaven, it becomes set apart. And my prayer is that we leave this dark place more consecrated than we entered it. That's my prayer. Because that's exactly what Jacob experienced. He, he goes back and he, he says, okay, God, I believe you. And as I go, you know, I'm asking you to provide this for me. And I, I, I trust you, you're going to bring me back here. And when I come back, he said, I'm going to bring back the 10th of everything I get. I'm going to bring it back to you because I'm in covenant with you, whatever you want to do in my life. He became more consecrated. The work is not done in his life. His situation hasn't quite changed yet, but his consecration level increased. Don't miss this opportunity. Y'all come up. Don't miss this opportunity in this season. This is not the time to be so caught up in the darkness that you miss the light. This is the hour. This is the time to consecrate yourself, to pray for our nation, to pray for the will of God. This is why we're fasting and praying. I can't stand fasting. Y'all probably think I like it because I'm a pastor. I hate fasting. Can't stand it. That's exactly why I do it, though. I don't like it. I like what it produces in me. I want to invite you, if you've not joined in the fasting, it's not too late. Join in. All the information is on the website. You can also find it on our Facebook page. Uh, Impact Grenette is our website. Make sure you download it. Jump in. Jump in. Get in on the prayer calls. There's information there on the bottom of the outline. Get in. It's praying time. We're at a critical moment. And how we land, this plane will determine what it looks like in the future. Your prayers are powerful. As a matter of fact, the Bible says the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man. One. Of one righteous man. availeth much. Imagine what God would do with a multitude of folks that begin to call on him. I'm going to ask you to stand up. I want to pray for you, those of you that are here. In a moment, y'all go ahead and just minister that real quick. I asked them just to, to help us, all of us, to remind us to pray that we are aware of God's presence even in our darkest place. You're not alone. You're not on your own.